0: Morning, morning. Um, for those who don't know me, um, there'll be quite a few. I'm Pete said and I'm uh, part of the 10 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock preaching team here at St. James uh, on Leamington Road. So those who go to the Grange um, probably don't know me. So um, I'm, I'm one of the uh, super subs that they use when <laughs> every, every, everyone's on holiday or... <clears throat> um So, this morning, I, I'm just really, uh, my, my sort of theme for today is uh, new beginnings, because I always like beginning of, uh, well, the end of one year and the beginning of another. I like to sort of focus on the next year, because I've been from an industry where we are going to keep setting targets and objectives and all that sort of thing, so it's, it's sort of in my psyche. So, what I've decided to call this one is founded... Found from thought the, founded on the rock um, this is uh, taken from uh, the parable of the wise and foolish men building houses it's, uh, it's founded on the rock uh, I wanted to uh, really share with you my sort of feelings of what Christmas is about is not only is it celebration and uh, and welcome the lord and, and and thanking God for the for the birth of Jesus, but the fact that Jesus grows up and becomes effectively our rock, our salvation. So what I've decided to do is to go, because I I love the character Peter, um, and one time I was ashamed, almost ashamed, embarrassed with my name, but then I found out it's a name that Jesus gave to a person, so I'm quite sort of chuffed about that, so I I, I feel quite special (laughs) from... Have I got an echo here? Is, there, is it this? We've got to have it right. Got to have it. right. So, so what, what I've decided to do is to, is to look at this confession of Peter and, and to bring it uh, into some kind of focus and, and use it as, a, as a, an example how we put our faith in Jesus. And, and it, if you haven't done that, I'd love to give you the opportunity to do that, and if you have done that, I'd like you to do a bit more digging around the foundations and see if you can expand expand the, the building that you're actually on. So, what I've decided to do is to do this passage. <clears throat> and what I like about the Bible, it, it takes you from the the unknown, sorry, from the known and the familiar, and the, all the things that you understand, and it uses that as an example to take you into the, the mysteries of God, the secrets of God, the things that that spiritual application using the things we know about, <coughs> and 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 in the Bible, there's so many cases, so many cases where we've we've talked about fishermen being uh, used used as an example in in their fishing business. We've heard about farmers uh, f- sowing seeds. We've heard about Soldiers putting on armour as some kind of spiritual example. And we've also even had brides getting, preparing for their wedding and dressing with all the things that they, they need. For, and it's all used as a picture of the spiritual, what the spiritual meaning is. Now today we're going to do about building. Now when I was a young, young married man, we lived in our first house. At the back of us there was three lovely little, little children. Uh, there were twins and a, an older or a younger child, and remember, Adam was quite, sorry. your ear, Adam. Adam was quite small at the time, and they used to play together. And they had these Lego characters, and this little girl of about three said, "Oh, I said, oh, what's that? Has it got a yellow hat and you know all the regalia?" And she said, "It's a construction worker." I was amazed little child of that age would think. A builder who would be a construction worker. So, so she's probably a professor of something. But the time that sort of sort of resonated with me. It's quite it's been quite amusing to think ever see these builders. Because uh, my, my, my other daughter's her a, a partner is a, he's a is a builder. We call him a construction worker. So it's quite quite you know construction worker sounds quite elegant and posh and, 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 and good. So, But anyway, in the Bible we've we, we got ex- many, many, many examples of, of scripture using building as a way of demonstrating or using to explain the Christian life and how we proceed, how we grow, and how we develop. For a permanent building, <clears throat> it must have footings. It must have a foundation. That foundation will determine the scope, the size and the purpose of the building that 's going to be built on that. Everything will depend upon the, the foundation. So if you ever have an extension done, one of the first things the building uh, inspectors will do is check your foundations before you can proceed, and that 's part of the uh, pro- part of the process. And in scripture it 's exactly the same. We have to question ourselves, what is our foundation? Now, it could be materialistic things. It could be your own capabilities, your own self, your own health, your own wealth, your own ambitions, which is fine to a certain extent. But the Bible makes it quite clear, if you build your life on these sort of things, they won't stand the tests that are going to come along. And Jesus encourages us to build on the foot firm foundations of his, of him. And they've got to ask that question, is your foundation that you currently build your life, the most important thing in your life, is that foundation sufficient? Paul in Corinthians says, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So it's quite clear in the Bible that the foundation that we need to build our life on is Jesus. Easier said than done. The foundation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news about salvation and the deliverance from sin and the consequences of sin. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. is the birth of our Saviour. A babe that's born human, And he grows up and becomes, takes our place, is crucified and is risen and is sitting on the right hand of God. Each one of us has to assess what is our life built upon. And if it's not the foundation of Jesus, we will not be able to stand against the forces against us. Jesus asks his disciples a very, very personal question. He asks them, <clears throat> excuse me, he asks them a generic question. What do people say? Then he asks them individually, directly, but what about you? Who do you say I am? He didn't say who do you think I am? Who do you say I am? And say is quite important. It's the expression not only in your mind, but in your voice that you say, Jesus is my salvation. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my saviour. That was a crucial moment for Peter when he answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. You are the Messiah, you are the Christ, you are the saviour, the son of the, living, of the living God. Crucial moment for, for both Peter and for the church. In verse 17 and 18, Jesus goes then to explain, or uses Peter's response to explain and show us how we can encounter Jesus as our own personal saviour and lay down our life on the foundation of him. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter... And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Jesus explains clearly that then the foundation needs to be on the rock. Now, unfortunately, there's been some little bit of confusion over who the foundation is. Some people genuinely believe, and forgive me if you feel this way as well, it is not Peter. Peter. Peter is not the rock of the foundation. And to understand this, you probably need to understand uh, a little bit of the words used by Jesus because he spoke, spoke them. And what he said was, I tell you that you are Peter. Now, Peter in Greek is Petros, which quite used when I go on holiday to Greece. Petros. Um, gets you, gets you nothing, but it's worth, <laughs> worth a try. Petros. And now petros means a stone, a, shift, uh, a, sh- a shifting stone, a movable stone, a boulder that you can pick up, or rolling stone. Not, not the group, not but it, it, that's petros. And then he says, and on this rock, the Greek for that is pet, petra, which is a solid, immovable bedrock Foundation, if you like, rock, which you can't pick up or move. It's solid. It's core. Whereas petros is a movable object. So he's saying that he, that Jesus, is the bedrock. He is the foundation rock. If it was true that Peter was the rock, the building that we build our lives on would be extremely vulnerable and wobbly. It Because Peter totally got things wrong. Only a few verses on, Jesus has to rebuke him and say to him, get behind me, Satan. Peter was reflecting the wrong attitude, he was using sort of the, the mentality of, of, a, of a man rather than of God. Also, Peter was denied Jesus three times despite what he said he was going to do. And also, later on in the the ministry when Jesus ascended to heaven, Paul had to rebuke Peter because he was compromising the truth in fear of his fellow Jews. So Peter is not the rock. It is Jesus the rock. And to support that, to support that Petra, I've got some verses which I'll quickly quote to you. So Peter, the Petra, the bedrock is the recognition of Jesus, of who he is. And Jesus confirms that to Peter and says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. He's making, Jesus is making clear, this is something that you wouldn't know through your own intelligence and your own understanding. It has been revealed to you from God Father, the Holy Spirit. Nobody can understand or know Jesus unless the Holy Spirit reveals them to him. We have to see that Jesus is the bedrock, the Petra, the foundation of our Christian life. And that is what we have to build our, our faith, our, our, our life upon, is the Petra, the rock of Jesus And as I said, there's a couple of scriptures I'd love to share with you quickly. Peter himself quotes, he quotes Isaiah, he says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, which also means foundation stone, and on the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Paul, he says in Corinthians, They drank of that spiritual rock, this is referenced to them in the, in the desert, this, they drank of the spiritual rock, the Petra, and followed them. That, that rock was Christ. Ephesians, which Paul, Paul uh, also wrote, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the Petra, the foundation stone. And in Corinthians, he says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. And Moses gets a mention here, he is the rock, his work is perfect. He is the Petra, his work is perfect. And probably my favourite, and to finish with, is is King King David. He says, and this I think sums up for me as a Christian, what my belief, my foundation, my bedrock is. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, Is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, my, and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, my savior from violent people. You save me. That is sums up for me what I believe being a Christian is for me. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. I love those sort of encouraging words of power, of defense, of strength. And what's important for us to learn from this passage is that Peter had a personal encounter and a personal revelation with Jesus at the situation. Not, Peter didn't, didn't recognise Jesus as being a good teacher, a rabbi, or a carpenter's son, or, or he saw Jesus as the eternal, uncreated Son of God, the Messiah, the Christ, the Saviour. That's who Peter recognised through the revelation that he had through the Holy Spirit. And it's something we, all of us, can experience. And you might say, how do I do that? You may say. I I believe it is something that's so deep within you, saying, but what about you, Peter? What about you? What do you say the Lord is? And there's a sort of a, a, a voice, if you like. Not a feeling, not a sensation, Something deep, deep inside me. And I just pray that you don't ignore that. As a young boy, youth, youth, I, was, I was, did a lot of camping and Christian camps in the Lake District. I was part of a uniformed organisation that went camping every year. And I loved this Keswick. It was, it was in Keswick and we would go up Scarfell, Skiddow. Did all the sort of things I loved to do. And it was really, and there was girls there. Which, 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 and, but, and, 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 the, no, no, no. The views, you shouldn't be think, The views, they used to think, were just absolute from being in Coventry. And then suddenly you see these beautiful, if anyone's been to the lakes, you'll know what I'm talking. And I'd get up in the morning, there'd be mountains and there'd be beautiful lake, Derwent or Constant, wherever we was camping, you've got these lakes. And, and it, the air was fresh and it was quiet and, and, oh, it was just amazing. And as I say, we used to go up Scarfell Skidder and, and in the evenings, they, and they fed us well. And they packed, they packed us into this sort of hut. And they'd present the gospel. And there was a leader there that, Sheila Butler was here, she should know who I'm talking about. There's a guy called Frank Greenosh, and he was a small Lancashire man. My father was from, from uh, well, he's from Cheshire. But he had got that, this guy had got a strong Bol- Bolton accent, and really, and he used to do these talks, that were so powerful. And, and he would be get us in laughing, and he'd have us in tears, and he'd, he'd, he'd take us on all kinds and a young boy would listen to this, and I could feel this this hole in in my in, in my inner being, in the bowels, right down, and it would hurt, and it would be, it be calling out, and it, was, and it was demanding a response, and it does demand a response. It's either yes or you ignore it. And I thought, it can't be for me. It can't possibly be for me. I go to church every week. I, I'm a member of a, a, a Christian group. It can't possibly be talking to me. And, and I blanked it. And then the years, I go on. And the three. Of, I went. I probably went three times to this camp. And every time I had that say. And every year, it started to dull a little bit. Dull, dull, dull. And then it almost went silent. It was still there, but I could almost ignore it. And then when I was in the late 20s, we went to uh, Billy Graham um, at the Aston Villa football ground. And then I had that same. and I thought, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. I've got to go. I don't know what I'm doing. I've got to go for it. And, and there I met the Jesus personally. It was a personal confrontation with, with him. And that was amazing. So, if you do get that fit, no matter what church, whether you, whether you whatever you do, respond, please. I beg you. I beg you. And, and I individually came to recognize that Jesus was my Petra. And I'm not saying that you'll never have a problem. I'm not saying that life will be dead easy. But I'm Jews saying you will be able to withstand. You'll have a base built deep where you, onto the bedrock. And I'll quickly go over the four phases that Peter went through, which are quite useful for us. He went from confrontation to revelation to acknowledgement to, to, to public confession. Basically, he had a confrontation with Jesus, face to face. There was no one else involved, no vicars, no support. You have that confident, You have that burning inside you. You have that one-to-one with Jesus. No one else no one else can t- tell you what to do. It's up to you. It's a personal question to you. Because Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved, will receive salvation. So Jesus is the access. Then there's the revelation. Revelation is granted by the God through, through the Holy Spirit not as it, as as Jesus said to Peter is this is not revealed to you by flesh and blood but by my father in heaven Peter would never understand that never understand that what Jesus was about until he had a revelation with 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 God of who exactly he was and if we don't have that revelation we don't know him It's that intimacy of knowing knowing Jesus knowing his word and then there was an acknowledgement. Peter had to acknowledge to himself, this is, this is, this is a son of God. I, he had to acknowledge it to himself first. He had to say, yeah, yeah. Like I did on that July evening. I have to acknowledge, I am a sinner. I need Jesus in my life. I need to be saved. I need to do something with my life. I need, to, I need him in my, in, my, in my life. You have to... Inwardly say, I, I accept you. And then we have this confession, this public confession of where we, we, we accept what we believe. We speak out, yes, I believe, I receive. Claim that Jesus is your saviour. And to finish with, I've just got... I had, a, um, I had a... I don't know whether it's whether it's true. You know, you get these stats that come on this is where Boz's land, I, I don't particularly like stats, but the stats was that um, it said that that the average Christian spends more time in one evening watching television than they do reading the Bible all week. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I took that as a personal thing. Pete, do you watch television more in one night than you do reading your Bible all week? And I have to confess that's true, I'll probably spend more time watching rubbish on television than with the Lord, and that is something that's disturbed me <clears throat> to the fact that I was at a party uh, a couple of weeks ago with young Jeff and he'd been challenged to read his Bible, the Bible throughout the year I said, well that sounds a good idea so I've taken up the challenge <laughs> and he sent me a schedule and I'm going to start reading the Bible every day well I'm going to read the Bible in a year. He's confessed that he, he's a couple of weeks behind. But I'm going to have a go. And I'm going, to, I'm going to give that a try. I'm holding myself to account now, I know. But I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a go. And uh, I think now he's sent the the, the, uh, the the schedule and I've said it, then I've, I'm sort of held to it, aren't I? And, and so, bearing that in mind, Jesus gives us a way how we can build on this rock. I haven't got time to go into it because it's another sermon. And basically, he just gives this this um, uh, a picture of a guy building wise men and a foolish man building a house. And there's two things, well, three. If you take the two parables, it appears twice in uh, the once in Matthew and once in Luke. And basically, it's the same parable with slightly different words. But there's definitely two certain things in both parables, and one that's in the, third, the second parable, and the first parable says therefore everyone everyone that's including you and me everyone who hears remember that hearing comes from uh from from the word hears these words of mine and puts them into action or puts them into practice like a wise man who built his house on the rock so it's hearing the word of god and putting it into practice it's got to be the two you can't well i hear it great I need to put it into practice. And then in Luke's version, same sort of story, same sort of thing, saying that a man who puts his trust in God is like a man building a house who dug deep. That's the difference. Dug deep. Sometimes we've got we've got to mine this. We've got to dig out our rubbish that's in our in our lives to find the foundation. We've got to get rid of things. We've got to put things aside. Dig deep and lay the foundation on the rock, on the Petra. And when the flood arose, the streams went vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Founded. And that's what my prayer for you today, is that you'll become founded on the rock. God bless you. Amen.